today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. If you're dealing with crisis faith, praise God because He will help you. Praise God, He will help you. If you have confident faith, praise God. Continue to walk in that confidence. If you have confirmed faith, praise God because of what He has done in your life. If you have contagious faith, Praise God. Keep sharing. If you have no faith, today is a great day to have faith. Faith comes in all shapes and sizes. Each person's story of how they came to trust in Jesus is different, and each transformation of faith is unique to each person. Pastor Eric encourages us today to support each other's faith journeys while continuing to grow in our own. And if we have no faith, today is a great day to start. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message entitled, 100% pure Jesus. How many of you have ever been to the store called Build-A-Bear? Build-A-Bear is a place where you go and you create your own teddy bear. A brilliant concept. It's overpriced, but what you do is you go in there and your kids are like, oh, we want a teddy bear. And you're like, you don't even play with teddy bears, but you get to build your own bear. Oh, okay. So then you see the stuffing going in the bear. Oh, you want this little outfit on him? Great. You put a hat on him. You can put roller skates on him, even if he's in a baseball suit. Whatever you want to do, you can build your own bear. That's great for a teddy bear. But you can't do that with Jesus Christ. You can't build a Jesus. That's not how it works. It's not build a Jesus. Because here's the thing. Jesus, you guys, is loving, merciful, gracious. But he also brings judgment, the word says. You know, he's perfect, he's holy, he's sinless, he's God. He tells us not to lust. He tells us not to steal. He tells us not to judge. And the thing is, is that we cannot, and I repeat, we cannot pick and choose what we like about Jesus and what we don't like about Jesus. I mean, I guess you can, but if you're following him, it doesn't work that way. Because you're saying, I've committed my heart to you, Jesus, who you are. You're God, and I submit to that. I accept that. You can't disregard the things that you don't like because maybe those things that you don't like are the things that God wants to help you in and help to purify you, to make you more into his image. So either you believe in what you know of Jesus or you don't. Did you guys catch that? Either you believe in what you know of Jesus or you don't. Because I say believe in what you know of Jesus because here's the fact. We're still learning about Jesus. You haven't figured it out. You're still learning. I'm still learning of Jesus. Every single day I'm learning more about him. And when I learn about him, though, the thing is, is that what do you do with what you've learned about Jesus? Do you believe it or you don't believe it? Because we live in a culture that bombards us with all this information. We have information flying at us all the time. And we have to discard, remove the things that are not important in our lives. Because if we didn't remove the things that were not important to us, we would have a brain overload. Because there's so much information coming to us daily. But the question is, is what are you filtering out and what are you letting in? What are you filtering out and what are you letting in? And the question can apply to Jesus Christ, to your knowledge of Jesus. Are there things you filter out about him? Filter, meaning that you block, that you stop so it doesn't come in. I think of a water purifier, right? Britta, 
is the first manufacturer that can come to my mind. And the junk in the water comes and you want it to settle at the top or wherever it goes in the filter so that the pure water can come in and so you can drink that. But we can put filters in place with our relationship in Jesus Christ. We can put those filters in there to stop the things that we don't want in our lives. But let me tell you, it's to your advantage that you let all of Jesus into your life. It's to your advantage because God will radically change your life. He will grow you to beyond your mind. He will do radical things that you didn't think could ever happen. Healings can take place spiritually and physically. Life can happen. Joy. All the wonderful things that come with Christ. So if you know Jesus' love and he brings judgment, do you believe and accept both or do you filter out the judgment part? Do you only like the love part? I only like the love part. I don't want to talk about the judging part. Well, if you filter any part of Jesus, you're not taking in the true Jesus. You're fabricating a Jesus. Palm Sunday, a day when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. He was entering into his last week before he went to the cross. And do you guys remember the scene? Many people are outside. He's riding on a colt. He's riding in, coming into Jerusalem. And they're out there with the palm branches. They're out there saying, Hosanna, right? Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Man, here he is. The people who were crying that out wanted Jesus to be king. He wanted him to set up his kingship, his kingdom, right then and there. To take them out of the hands of the Romans and to set up his kingdom. They were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And guess what? When he didn't do that, what happened? They filtered it out. They said, well, he's not doing that, so I'm going to filter him out. And later that week, what did they say? But they shouted, saying, crucify him, crucify him. Their tone switched pretty quick. They filtered Christ out. And this morning, the question to me and to you and to us as a church, do you have a Jesus filter on? Do you have a Jesus filter on? If you do, take it off and let all the richness and the goodness of Jesus Christ flow in you. He will radically change you. He will heal those wounds that have been hurt. He will set you free from the bondages. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And if we filter him, then we can't receive his goodness, his love, and his mercy because we are blocking him with our flesh. If you have a filter, this is the filter to take off. Let all of it come into you. Let all of him come in. Don't filter Jesus. Moving on now in verses 46 through 54, we see faith, small and great welcome. Who battles with faith sometimes? I do. I struggle with faith, you know. And we're going to see four or five different levels of faith here in this passage. Pretty amazing. Now that we know that we want 100% of Jesus, now let's see faith, great and small, how he welcomes it all. Verse 46, so Jesus came in again to Cana of Galilee where he made the water to wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. 
verse 47. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. In verse 48, then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed in the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. Verse 51, and as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Verse 53. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. Verse 54. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Wow. Some observations that we see is that Jesus is in Galilee and they have received him. Now he comes to a town called Cana. And remember, this is what we just read. is This is where he churned water into wine. Do you guys remember studying that a few weeks ago? He performed his first miracle there, turning the water into wine. Then we see, as he's in at Cana, we see a nobleman. Now, this means that he was a royal official. Not sure if it's a Jew, if he was a Jew or a Gentile or a Roman. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But we know that he was a nobleman. He was a royal official. But we do know that this man came from Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was roughly 22 miles to Cana. So this man traveled 22 miles by foot to come and see Jesus. And he came because why? His son was dying. Dying. If your child is dying, if your child is going through difficulties, you as a parent are going to do whatever it takes to help your child. And so this man travels 22 miles to Cana to Jesus. And the normal man came, and when it says implored, it means that he begged Jesus. Jesus, please, just come and heal my son. And then Jesus responds, right? But he doesn't respond in like a rebuke. He responds and says, unless you people, so he's speaking in general to the people, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. But the man was so passionate about his son being healed, he says, sir, please just come and heal my son. Sir, please come heal my son. So Jesus tells him, go, your son lives. And the cool thing is, is that we see in our text is that the nobleman believed. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. So he travels back. Then it says to us that his servants then met him out and says, your son lives. I mean, think of your heart at that time receiving the news that your son lives. You'd be rejoicing. But immediately, what did the man do? He went back and he says, when did it take place? What hour did it happen? The seventh hour. And the guy remembered, that's the hour that Jesus says, your son lives. Praise God. And then from that, the man then believed in his whole household, believed. 
So we see a man approaching Jesus during a crisis. A crisis. Jesus speaks to the heart of man saying, if there is no sign or wonder, you will not believe. He's speaking to man's heart because a lot of times, man, we need to see before we can believe. Unfortunately, that's just how we are. But the man hanging on his crisis faith in Jesus, Jesus tells the man, go, your son leaves. Then the man leaves, not with crisis faith, but with confident faith. He was confident that Jesus had healed him. He went his way. If he didn't have that confidence in Christ, he wouldn't have gone his way. But then he goes from confident faith to confirmed faith. Because the servants came and said, your son is healed. So now his faith has gone from crisis to confident to confirmed. And then it ends up to contagious faith. He goes and he shares with his household what Jesus Christ has done. So this man has this faith in Christ. He is seen and he believes and it has changed his life. Professional athletes, you guys, were not professional when they started as a child. There's much work that goes into athletics. To be in the pros, it's hard to make that. They weren't professional. They had to develop. They had to develop physically and mentally. But the one thing that they were during the journey was committed. They were committed to the calling of playing sports. They were committed. Sun up, sun down, whatever it took. Playing, hitting those baseballs over and over. Hitting off the tee, whatever it took to get to their goal. And here's the thing. Many of us are in different stages in our walks, in our faith in Christ. We are at different stages And many of us start our faith in Jesus just as the nobleman did in crisis. In crisis. Where you've extended all your options. Where you're down on your knees. When you're crying out. Maybe you were in a jail cell. You're crying out, I need you, Jesus. In a sense, it's like your Hail Mary pass. Your last second effort. I need Jesus. I need Jesus to get me out of this. Whatever situation it is, a crisis faith. Is this wrong? No. Because we see the crisis faith here with the nobleman. We see that Jesus honored the faith of this nobleman. And many of us are like this nobleman that we want a sign. We want him to do something. Thomas, one of Jesus' followers, was the same way. Remember during the resurrection? Jesus said to Thomas, he said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Yeah, we should have that natural faith that Jesus is who he says he is, but sometimes we're at that point of our faith where we need to see something. But, you know, we just learned from the word, blessed are you, though, that you don't have to see. But there's times, and I've been there in my times, where I'm crying out so I can see. I've been a Thomas. I've been the noble man. Hence why Jesus said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Granted, he was speaking to the Jews, and according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.22, the Jews need a sign to believe. 
But again, many of us are like the Jews. Many of us are like Thomas. Many of us are like the nobleman. We need a sign to believe. I mean, how many times have you been like Gideon of the Old Testament saying, I need this fleece to be wet. Have you been there? I need this fleece to be wet. Yeah, that's great, pastor or brother or sister, to, to, just to say have faith. But I need to know for sure that this is what God wants me to do. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. But Jesus knew that there would be people who would need to see signs and wonders. Did you know that? Jesus knew that there would be some of us who need to see those signs and wonders. And that's another reason why he has given us his Holy Spirit. To fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, so that we can perform these signs and miracles for these people so that they can believe. Not for our own glory, but for God's glory, right? It's for them. But then, for those miracles and signs and wonders that take place, Jesus tells us to have a mustard seed of faith. He says if you have a mustard seed of faith, you can move mountains. And so here you're like thinking as a believer, you're like, man, I'm struggling with the fact that God can do mighty things in and through me, but how is this going to happen? Well, Jesus says, by your mustard seed of faith, this will happen. And I truly believe that, you guys. There is power in that faith, even if it's as small as a mustard seed. There's teachers out there today that say you need more faith before Jesus can help. I say if you have a mustard seed of faith or a mountain of faith, Jesus will help you. Because the point being is is that you're coming to Jesus no matter what state your faith is in. You're coming to him, relying on him. Even if it's small or if it's large, you're still coming to Christ. And he can do the powerful. And for most of us, our faith develops. As we commit ourselves, remember I said that the professional athletes committed themselves. As we commit ourselves to Jesus, our faith then will develop stronger. The more we trust in him, the more that our faith grows. There's a reason why the Bible says, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. Because the more we trust, the more we grow in our faith. Our faith goes from crisis faith to confident faith. Jesus has this. He's got this under control. I'm confident. Our confident faith then rolls into confirmed faith. I knew that Jesus would come through. I knew it. Praise him, right? Then our confident faith goes into contagious faith, where we want to proclaim and say, Jesus has it all under control. He is the one to turn to. If you're in a crisis right now, go to him. If you need that confidence, go to him. If you need that confirmed faith, go to Jesus. All of it goes back to Jesus, the faith in Jesus. But many of us, who have contagious faith, forget that we were most likely started with crisis faith when we're talking to those who have no faith. We forget. You want them to have the same faith as you do. And if they don't have that faith, then you get frustrated and you leave them. But here's the thing, you guys, is that Jesus had God faith because he was God, right? But he didn't turn us away when we didn't have faith like him. He accepted us. He kept working with us. He is working with us. He honored us by our faith, even if it was small in the beginning. 
But then as it grows, it's just like the nobleman. It grows into contagious faith. And people, you guys, and this is something to really understand and to really think about, that people are at different stages of their faith in Christ. Some have none. Some have a speck. Some have a mountain range of faith. But our jobs are to love them all and to encourage them to keep going to Jesus. To keep going to Jesus. (laughs) I wrote in my notes, don't be a faith squasher. Don't be a faith squasher. Just because they're not at the same level as you in your faith, encourage them, you guys. At least they're coming to Jesus. At least they're coming. If you're dealing with Christ's faith, praise God. Because he will help you. Praise God, he will help you. If you have confident faith, praise God. Continue to walk in that confidence. If you have confirmed faith, praise God. (laughs) Because of what he has done in your life. If you have contagious faith, praise God. Keep sharing. If you have no faith, today is a great day to have faith. Because there's a God who loves you. We sing it all in the songs. Those songs are not just to sing. They're songs of praise and worship and resembling the character of God. And we serve a God that loves you. And he cherishes you and he wants to help you. So if you have no faith, today is a great start to have that faith. Even if it's small, just come to Jesus. He will just do an amazing thing in your life that you will... I say amazing thing because I don't even have the words to say of what he does in your life when you truly just have that faith in him because he just transforms. Things that you think that couldn't have been taken away from you are taken away from you. Things that you struggle with for 25 years are gone. It's happening to me, you guys. God is taking my fear of worry and anxious out of me. 20-some odd years, you guys, that I've battled with this. And on a Tuesday night, praying with one another. On a Thursday, praying with brothers and sisters. And then on a Saturday night, my wife praying over me. And that spirit of fear is gone. Do I believe that there's power in Jesus? Yes, I do. But it's the muscle memory that I struggle with now. Not that I have that fear, but it's like, this is what I always would do. And so right now, I'm in physical therapy with Christ. (laughs) He's helping me retransform my mind. And he can do that with you. But here's the thing. Even though it took me 20-some-odd years to be broken of that, Christ was still faithful with me and continued to guide me and to grow me and to help me. Even when my faith was small in this area, Christ was still faithful. And I say, praise God for that. Because remember, wherever you're at with your faith in Jesus, praise him because he is with you every step of the way. He'll neither leave you nor forsake you. Just keep coming to Christ. Let him develop your faith. Don't let man develop your faith. Let Christ develop your faith. Grow in your faith. And we'll conclude with this. Colossians 2.7 says, Let your roots grow down into him. Listen to these words. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. You guys get that? Let your roots grow into who? Christ. Let your lives be built on who? Christ. Then your faith will grow. Then your faith will grow. But it all starts by coming to Jesus. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek His love and hope for your own life. 
Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, we'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.